Welcome to this week's episode of the Life of the Bridal podcast. Please remember that we are not professional tipsters and always, always gamble responsibly. Hello, welcome to the latest edition of the Life on the Bridal podcast with me, your host, Will Taylor. Joining me today, we have our two resident guests, Mr. Josh Burvey. Good morning. And Mr. Jack Holden. Good morning. Thank you very much. We have a show for you. We're going to be discussing the Daddy Naps competition, which will mean that we'll be providing a preview to the Queen's Cup at Musselburgh. We'll also be reviewing the Lincoln National at Donny. And then we'll head over to the Irish Grand National at Ferry House on Easter Monday before providing a quick look at the Aintree Festival, which some say is the best of the spring festivals. Having done that, we'll be doing something a little bit different, moving away from the saddle. And we're going to be looking at another big betting event. It is perhaps the most glamorous event in golf, the Masters at Augusta National. Plenty of betting interest there. I know that we're very excited for that. Josh, Jack, how was your weekend? Yeah, very good, thank you. Um, punting was okay. Um, couldn't find the winner of the Lincoln, which was unfortunate. But I did manage to land a nice double at uh, Ludlow on Monday. Oh! <laughs> um, Jack? Well, I think I think we're, as I think we're, as we're going to talk about the um, the dandy naps competition sort of took took our interest um, for mm. the for the Lincoln. We had a couple of uh, what we thought decent shouts for it. Didn't, unfortunately, mm. didn't pan out for us this time. Um, but we've got the rest of the season to go, try and catch up, and we'll uh, yeah see how it goes. Yeah, it's just about it's just about getting better and better week on week. Um, Let's get in. Let's get into it then. The Daniels competition, the Lincoln at Doncaster, the winner migration at eighteen to one, win for the French there, and uh, yeah. Well, we well well. First of all, let's let's explain the Daniels competition to our listeners. Josh, I'll let you crack on with that. Yeah. So about a year ago, at the start of the last flat season, a chap called Graham Dans, some of you might know him on Twitter as the Form Analyst started up a, a handicap competition, basically looking at 40 of the biggest handicaps on the flat, a bit of fun to go through the flat season. Unfortunately, um, he passed away from uh, cancer about halfway through the competition last year. So the competition is a bit of memory to him. Um, there's a bit of a charity element to it too, and it does include the sponsorship of a race at Ripon for him and the family. So it's a nice thing to do, a bit of charity, but also a bit of interest in the flat season as well. Yes, yeah, so I know, Josh, you'll be looking to generate as much interest in the flat season as you can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I, it's, it's a struggle, it's a struggle. Whereas I think for Jack and I, after what happened at Cheltenham to us, <laughs> I think we just pr- I think we were praying for the flat to return, but the flat is back. Uh, I should have said that. So it's a good line. The flat is back. Yes. Uh, so let's crack on the Lincoln, the first race uh, of the Downey competition at Doncaster last uh, last Saturday, and won by migration, uh, eighteen to one. A horse that I actually. This is a slight apology to. 
my guests on the well, not my I'll get the, the my fellow my colleagues on the podcast, but also I suppose an apology to the listeners because I did actually mention migration as one of the horses I liked for this, but I uh, I just didn't push it hard enough. Uh, I remember and also I was a big fan of a while which came second. So if we'd gone each way, we'd have got our we'd have got something there. But uh, I said, look, it's not on the race. I'm going to stick my neck on the line for, and look what happens. The two horses that I was a fan of came first and second. I did also like, was also a fan of Atrium, which uh, Josh and I were keen on. Um, what happened, gents? Uh, well, it was a, it was an interesting meeting. I, I don't, I don't think much went to plan for any, any punter. Lots of. Um, Really, I don't say strange results because that implies that not bad horses have been winning races, but um, it just didn't perhaps go to plan, I don't think, for a lot of people. Um, big price winners dotted about, and then when you got to the, got to the link, and there were a couple of horses who were um, lots of money for Almavir, for example, who was our second selection. I just didn't, just didn't have anything. I think you really needed to be... Well, you, I say that you need to be at the front, but migration came from a mile back and yeah. from behind several horses to um to get there. So there was I don't think there was any real um trends or bias towards performances. I, you did you can I, maybe coming down the standside rail didn't help as much as people thought it would. Um, it was just a, it was just a funny one all round. I think. Mm. Josh, how much do you think the ground played an impact there? Yeah, heavy, heavy ground is a difficult thing for the start of the season. The start of the season, a lot of horses aren't going to be 100%. They're going to be gradually building up. And then having that really testing experience on that heavy ground doesn't necessarily help the horses get home. So it was kind of a little bit of not a strung out finish, but it wasn't as close as some other Lincolns have been down the years. I definitely think it plays an effect in the result and migration being able to come from that far back. So, gents, how can we reflect on our performance and how are we able to improve our selections for the next race? Uh, Josh, key takeaway? Well, I, I think I got very fixated on one piece of form there, which was the Atrium, Empire State of Minds, and um, Arthur's Realm bit of form from the back end of last season. And I think what we have to think about is which horses are going to run well at the start of the flat season, and which horses might need a few more runs to come um, and get up to full race fitness. And I think we've got to consider that going forwards. Mm. So bearing that in mind, Queen's Cup at Musselburgh, the next race, 3.35 on Saturday. What is taking our eye here? Well, I've been looking at last year's race and, of course, specialists. I do I do think it's important at Musselburgh in particular to yes. not necessarily yeah. be near the back. Um, it's quite a tight course and it's quite hard to make up the places there. Um, so I've looked at last year's form and there's a horse in there who's available at a similar price this year. Came second last year at 25 to 1. You can get 33s now and it's Dark Jedi for the Tim Easterby team. Now he is what you would call a Musselburgh course specialist. And the fact he ran really well in last year's renewal, 
um, would suggest that he'd be primed to do so again. Enemy, who won last year's renewal, has gone on to much better things. And he went down by three and three quarter lengths. So decent form. Um, I expect that he will be primed to run a really good race again. And hopefully Dougie Fenton will be on. 33 is great price. Jack? Um, well, again, looking at horses that have run at the start of the season, I'm having a look at Wise Eagle, who's roughly nine to one at the moment. Uh, like Josh said, I think Musselburgh course course form is really really important, and also I I I like horses who won over the distance before, so that's also something that really stands out to me. Um, ran at similar similar times last year. Uh, in the season under reasonably well not quite similar grounds he was on the all weather but is used to used to going at this time of year uh concerns coming off a break hasn't run since the back end of um september october time uh, uh mid mid october sorry so that would be the only concern but course and distance forms there i like that um try not to look towards the head of the market because i think at this moment, it's still a bit skewed. Um, that's what's standing up for me at the moment. I can't say anything else particularly uh, stands out. So, Wise Eagle for me. Oh, Metier's running, I see. Funnily enough, when uh, me and Will were talking about this earlier, Wise Eagle was also one I mentioned as well. <laughs> mm. yeah. I, I like the look of it. Um, going off of... Official rating ninety eight. Um, yeah, should have a decent chance. I agree. Mm. Here, I've been looking at horses that have got a big disparity between their RPR and their uh, official handicap rating. So, first one I'm looking at is Coltor, who's just come from the hurdles, actually, rather than attempts at Shelton. And has an official rating of 85, but an RPR of 114. And I look at that, I, I can see a, there's a big disparity there, 16 to 1. Could be a bit of an unknown. And then I also see teed up, which is eight, best price 8 to 1, although in some markets is is leading. So there is potential value. RPR of 111, again, of, going off 85. Emmett Mullins, the trainer. Um, you know, a shrewd operator, some may say. <laughs> I wonder what shrewd and... means. <laughs> Canny, that's what it means. Um, mm. Anything else? I... <laughs> all, 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 I, all I would say um, is that Emmett Mullins had a similar horse in this race last year and didn't finish in the frame. And different horses... Different, well, same course. I was going to say horses for courses, but it doesn't quite work for that, does it? Um, but yeah, look, look, yeah, no, that's fine. I'm just saying these are the ones that, that are just taking my eye at this early stage. I'm sure my 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 opinion will evolve over time. But the two that I, yeah, I think teed up is one where is a I think eight stone six. You look at the other ones in there. I mean, Spirit Mixer is favourite in a lot of places. It's giving fifteen pounds to teed up. Um, Wise Eagle, for example, is giving thirteen pounds, thirteen pounds to teed up. Metier giving nine. 
Metier did beat Teed up the, uh, the, in, in Teed up's last run, and he's giving four pounds. Now he's giving nine. So there we go. Could see something there. It's just potential angle on the weights. Coltor is interesting. That's all I've got to say. Perfect. Yeah, well, I, I think from the sounds of that, it sounds likely that Wise Eagle will be one of our two selections for the Dandinaps. It remains to be seen who the other selection is. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. And we've got another one here. Another one to go. Right, uh, moving on from the flat. There we go. That's all you're going to get from the flat for us this week. Uh, we're going to head talk about the Irish Grand National at Fairy House. Josh, you have got one here for us. Is it Angel's Dawn? Of course it's Angel's Dawn. Um, I was with Angel's Dawn in the Grand National trial over at Punchestown, where, unfortunately, going really strongly a few out, managed to unseat the rider. Uh, I definitely think I <laughs> Angel's Dawn would have won that day. Uh, Coco Beach ended up winning that race, who is a decent yardstick, but I think Angel's Dawn certainly would have had... Um, have had the fuel left to get past Coco Beach, and went and won the Kim Muir at Cheltenham, which I was a little bit disappointed with, purely from a personal point of view that I hadn't um, pressed up and backed Angel's Dawn again, but won that race really well from Stumptown, who a lot of people very, very strongly fancied, including a few people sitting with me on this podcast. <laughs> Um, Mr. Incredible was back in fifth and Dunboyne, who you all know, third, I mean, sorry, and Dunboyne, who you all know I like, was back in fourth. I think that is really, really useful form. And in a race like this, where Gallop Dumanil might not turn up, Devil's Coachman is favourite, does keep winning races, but I think Angel's Dawn has got a lot, and I mean a lot going here. Lord Lariat would be the other one. I'll be potentially keen on. I backed Lord Lariat last year. Bit, bit of a massive afterboon, but backed it last year when winning at 66 to 1. So I was very happy with that and I think could possibly run another similar race from the front. Do you not think that... I mean, how many pounds did, was Stumptown giving Angels Dawn in the Kim year? Was it four? There's a, there's a, there's a, pound, there's a pound difference. No, I, I, I think... I think Angel's Dawn has got the, the further in distance they go. I think the the greater the disparity between the two horses will be, and I think going over this three mile five furlong trip will only suit Angel's Dawn more. Sure. Do we know? I mean, the ground the ground the ground at Cheltenham was soft. What's Angel's Dawn like on better ground? Absolutely fine. No, no, no worries there. Um, was was going perfectly well on yielding grounds. So, happy happy days. Free money. Jack, have you got any interest here? Um, I don't... Uh, horses that keep on winning, I don't think you can discredit them at all. Or, you know, if, if, if some horses just like winning and just want to race, and I feel like the Devil's Coachman, although it's 8-1 eight, eight to one I'm seeing here, He's seen out, apart from his, his, his fall, he has seen out all of his races superbly. And that's been really impressive for me. I wouldn't touch it because of the price. I think you can probably find better value elsewhere. 
but I think eight to one. It's not short enough not to get involved with, but I think you'll have a good run for your money. Um, Guardian Manil won't be going. I'm personally, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident of that. I think what Willie said um, back in the last week was uh, really telling. I think we'll see him at Aintree for the big one. Um, I'm gonna leave the assessment of Angels Dawn stamp down to Josh. That was that was that was well put. Marlon Mission won't be going. Um, Chemical Energy is running here. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm not going to mention anything about that. Oh, Barry Connell's got one here as well. So probably the best bet of the week. Espinito Bello. Um, probably an absolute certainty to win. Um, Iron Maximus is an interesting entry. Is he going to? Is he going to run? Do we think? I don't know. In all honesty, I have, I, I have absolutely no idea. There you go. That's insight for you. Um, <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I can't say I have a particularly strong fancy. I would have said if Mr. Incredible had an entry, I would possibly be backing him. Because I thought he stayed on superbly. I mean, he's um, going to go for the um, the Grand the big, National, the big one. Yeah, he stayed on. He stayed on superbly in the Kimbo. He came from absolutely nowhere. Um, would Would you not say that the um, the Grand National would be a better fit for him based on the extra distance? Uh, potentially yes. Although I, I think ha, um, even with an extra furlong at Cheltenham, I think he potentially would have got there. I don't mm. think he would have needed that far to get get up with Stumptown and Angels Dawn. Um, so he, yeah, he's definitely one for a marathon trip. I think. So um, I it's have a, no. I, it's an interesting race, isn't it? It's an it interesting, is very race. interesting race. I can't have a massive um, appeal. Raw per guy's got an entry as well. You, you just don't know. I don't think they've ever found his um, his distance, really. No, no, I'd agree. Um, this could this could be this could be it. You never know. The marathon trips could be it. Uh, Goff has got an entry. Um, I have to say though, Espinito Bello did win last race, so um, <laughs> and I, and I, did, I did watch that, and I was actually quite impressed with everything that went on um, during that. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to discount, discredit it. So, no real strong fancy for me at the moment. Yeah, I've got. I I don't. I don't have one either. I mean, Josh. Josh is selling Angels Dawn relatively well. I mean, it's one of those that I may get involved in the day just because I'd be terrified if it won. And that is not. That is, by the way, I just want to stress to the listeners that is not responsible gambling. I do not endorse that at all. I mean, um, full, full disclosure, I am on Angel's Dawn at a bigger price than currently available. So while I think yeah. I got a bit of value at eighteen to one, I'm I'm twelve to one's a little bit tighter for me. I'd say ten to one's probably the correct price. Mm. Uh, yeah, Jack. I don't know why you're you're saying, just by mentioning Espinito Bello. I just love it, <laughs> Barry Connell. <laughs> He's jumping on board the Barry Connell train. <laughs> No, I know. It's one of those that I'll be interested in. I'll, I'll wait. I'll, it's one of those where I'll wait for the day and see what happens. It depends how uh, how how nice my Easter's been. See, how, we'll see what kind of mood <laughs> I'm in. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's it with the Irish Grand National. Anybody else got anything else to say? No, not for me. Right. Okay. We'll head over to Aintree, the Aintree Festival. Hey, the best of the spring festivals, some say. I want to stress that point. Uh, let's get straight into it. The first race we're going to be having a look at is the Aintree Bowl. Uh, known for other, known other, uh, another name, 
but we won't we won't mention it. Uh, this is a quite this is a this is a good race, isn't it? Well, if everyone turns up, it could be an absolute humdinger. There's no question about that. Well, going going through the list of entered, I think Jishkin will turn up, a horse and yeah. will turn up, Completed's mm-hmm. going to turn up. Yeah, I, I think Brave Man's Game's going to turn up, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure Apalutard is an intended runner as well. Ooh. So I think this is going to be an absolute. Stormer of a race. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Two uh, stick out for me. Two stick out for me. I have to say, I'm not. I don't think I can have Shishkin at his first run at the distance. Um, well, certainly not five to two. No. Um, even shorter in places. I'm no, really. It's a toss up for me between a hoist and you on Brave Man's game. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, I did. A hoist and you won this last year, didn't he? No, he won the he won oh, the, um, the the novice race. Um, yeah, <clears throat> but Hoyson Hoyson your you know loves the course. I think we'll probably get similar conditions to what we got last year. Meant to be quite nice weather over the like, next couple of weeks. I I thought he ran superbly at Cheltenham. I genuinely thought he if he hadn't you know his spots and maybes, but if he hadn't fallen. I thought he would have had a tremendous chance. And I said, I, I, I think I've said this. He, he hadn't days. touched a twig no. in the race until he fell. He was jumping yeah. superbly. So, <sighs> but also you have Brayman's game, who I was, I'm a big fan of. It, what, look, it'll be what, really. Do make, what do you make about the price difference between the two? Because the prices I've got in front of me, I can see a hoist in your eleven to four, and Braveman's game at three to one. Now that would normally suggest that. Brave Man's game might not be going for the race, but it might also have something to do with the fact that they faced off twice at Aintree and Hoyt and Yours won both battles. Yes. Mm. Well, this 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 is the, the massive difference between Cheltenham and Aintree is the flat track brothers turning out for Aintree. It is, you know, as flat as a pancake. Um the the the, the most tricky the trickiest thing about the course they're running on is 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 the elbow. So Look, I I think the entry form is what's splitting them in the market. It's not a massive difference, but I think that's probably what's uh, what's splitting them. I would decide. I think Brave Man's game has improved massively, though, from from what we've seen over the course of this year. I hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think Brave Man's game will come out on top this time. But I think it's going to be those two um, back into the finish. Josh, well, how's Apple going to go? I don't know. Um, in all honesty, if he if he does come across, he's he's never run at Aintree before. We don't know whether he's going to like like the course. He he was a little bit unlucky in the Gold Cup, wasn't he? Just a little bit. And I know I know Henry definitely felt that way as well. But I I wouldn't be I wouldn't want to back him. Let's put it that way. Four to one. No. You know, I, I've had a hoist in your marks out for this race for a long time, but I'm not, not sure if the 11 to 4 is something I want to get involved with. I'll probably wait until the day and see they if there's drift. And, you know, 4 to 1 or above, I'd be looking to get involved. Um, but what I would say is 
there is the possibility the race cuts up. There's, you know, if if Galore were to go and you could get three places anti-post, Galore was staying on at the end in the Ryanair, running, you know, a decent race for a horse who hasn't really been tried in the company before. And mm. the, the the trainer, James Stoughton, he's adamant that Galore will be better at three miles than he will be at two and a half. So 33 to one about Galore, who could certainly creep into a place. I'll be happy to chance it. Yeah. I don't know why I've just said uh, I've said I, mean, I won't I, I will I, I there's too much uncertainty. But the more I think about it, the more I think Shishkin could win. He's probably going to win this. Well, uh, whilst apart from that horrific jump he had, well, did, well, it didn't travel jump. well at all during the Ryanair. Really. But but he, without he would he still would have won without that jump. I know, I know, I know, no, 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 I tell you what, on the day, if there is a bit of movement, because there, there might be, I'll probably get involved. I'm just, I just know what's going to happen. I'm going to get involved with Shishkin. I don't, personally, uh, at the prices, I don't think there's a play, really. So, well, that's what I, I agree, but somehow I'm still going to get involved. Okay, we'll head on to the entry hurdle now. Constitution Hill. Do we need to say anything else? Wins. Wins. Yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we do have we do have to address the un, the uncertainty of the trip. But given Constitution Hill has run in a point to point, there shouldn't really be any problems with it. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, Constitution Hill could have won the stairs hurdle. To be honest, I mean, maybe. I mean, you, straight, you, could, but... you could you could see a field of five setting up here, couldn't you? Maybe less. Well, I mean, who who is going to be there? Epiton, potentially. Maybe. The other Zana here. The other just playing second place prize money. So, but th- but this this is this is the the problem we are going to have in you know wherever he turns up for the rest of his career, no one is going to want to turn get run against him. Well, so wherever wherever he turns up until he is beaten, which could happen. No. Oh, Josh, why are you saying things like this, Josh? It's horse racing. Things happen. I mean, look oh, no. at what happens. Um, I think it was a few years ago in the fighting fifth hurdle where Not So Sleepy uh, did a Not So Sleepy and took another horse out of the race. Like, it happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, yeah. No, I, no, it's true. It's true. But we just don't want, I just don't want it to happen. But it, it could very easily happen. You know. I mean, look, well, I horses think... that seemed indestructible get beaten. I mean, look at Certainly, this, this side of the Irish Channel, I he does not get beaten by anything. I think if you took him to if you took him to to punch us down, or or the DRF, you know, uh, you know people people will take him on. But I don't. I think people are too scared to take him on over here. Yeah, and also there's uh, there's not a huge amount of quality. We'll go to the Liverpool hurdle now. Slightly more competitive, 
<laughs> than the age hurdle. Uh, what's what's sticking out here? Gold tweet. <laughs> um, well, 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 the stayers hurdle was a bit of a mess of a race, wasn't it, on testing grounds? Yeah, um, race, so, well, you've got you've got Tiapu, you've got Florin Porter, you've got Cider Berle, Dashel Drasher, Home by the Lee. They've all had fairly tough races on testing grounds, you know, it, less than a month ago. Yeah. So you're kind of looking for something to take them on with a little bit. Marie's Rock definitely ran below par in the mayor's hurdle, but the race wasn't run to suit. So you could see her running well, especially in receipt of the seven pounds yeah. here. But the price does mm-hmm. reflect that currently in at five to two. Yeah. You've then got Champ, the old boy, in at six to one, oh, who. Geez. He, ha- he hasn't run at Cheltenham, so he is fresh, and he does go quite well fresh. So he's an interesting angle into the race, if that's the way you want to play it. Gold Tweet certainly didn't have a hard race at Cheltenham either. Yeah. And, and Classical Dream goes really well fresh too. So it's it, it's the way you want to play it, really. Pays the 20s. I wouldn't be looking to get involved with those who have had a hard race at Cheltenham. No, I, I agree. I think... Yeah, definitely Florin Porter. Tiapu is something, is a horse that I would be, although I rank him quite highly over the course of this, the year, her quite highly, sorry. Um, no, not for me. You know what, you know what stands out here? I'm not saying it's as, as a betting angle, but just stands out the fact that it's, time here is 12 to 1 for this race. Mm. Gonna go, gonna go over fences. Now looking like, I mean, are they going to go over the hurdles now? I mean, just show sums up. If if Time Hill goes, I'd be interested. That's all. That's, I would, all, I, that's all I'll say on the matter. But if Time Hill I, goes, I, I'd be interested. I would absolutely too. I've got I would. I I don't. There's. I I just don't see a, an angle at the moment. I have to wait. I have to wait till final entries come out. Correct. Uh, okay. Well then, here, there we go. There's only one more race to talk about, really. And it is the big one, the Grand National. Corrup Rambler at the top of the market. Nobody eight seven to one there. Uh, what's gonna What's gonna win? What's gonna What's 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 gonna win this? What's gonna win the Grand National? Um, I the the things at the top of the market are just just ridiculously short. I mean, Tiger Roll wasn't too far off the price Corrup Rambler was, and going for going for a repeat six to one. Oh. For a horse that has only won, you know, has, well, has one handicap. So that, I think that's the angle. The, the, um, the problem is, it's an anti-post list now. So a lot of these prices are going to drift out a little bit on the day. Yeah. So w- w- will you get six to one, Corrick Ramber on the day? I reckon I think, you could be, even get a bit more. I I think, I don't think, personally, I don't think Corrick Ramber and Noble Yates will, um, I think they'll flip flop. I think Noble Yates will go a favourite. And I, I think Noble Yates will be shorter on the day. I really do. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Noble Yates is a fave. But you, you look at you look at the top six in the market: Corrett Rambler, Noble Yates, Delta Work, Any Second Now, Galard Dumanil, and Mister Incredible. And you kind of go, if if they finished the top six horses, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I agree. I completely agree. Um, it, you know, maybe, got, with, maybe with I don't know. A Galvin's popping in there. Yeah, potentially, but you've you've got 
you know, some really decent horses in there as well. You've got Limilos, but there are distance concerns after getting Connard late on at, up at Kelso. You've got R Power, who's won some decent races this season, but up in trip is a little bit of an unknown. You've got Benia, who of course won at the Albert Bartlett, but is a little bit of a complicated horse. You've got the big dog who's been running well in all sorts of races. You've got loads of horses in there who could run well. But still, if it was those six horses, that would not shock me at all. Mm. I mean, I, I don't think currently I would have an anti-post belt on this because I, I don't like the prices of any of the top six horses. I think they'll all drift out on the day. And on the day, you're going to be getting potentially eight places. Maybe, you know, a certain bookmaker might even push it out to more. So... Yeah. um. I'd be looking to take take advantage of those on the day. Um, in terms of horses, I'd be looking at that on the day to kind of sneak in. Fortescue is a horse I've liked for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. He came down in the race last year, but might be, you know, if it's his day, he could have another go. Sam Brown is also interesting at a big price. He won the three-mile um, handicap chase at the festival last year, so clearly does like the course. Deal Kerr ran really well in the Paddy Power chase at Leopardstown at Christmas, yeah. only just getting beaten by Real Steel. So, you know, Deal Kerr's in a 66 to 1, but you've got a horse in the shape of Aiden Out of Shame at 22 to 1, who it beat in that race. Now, Aiden Out of Shame is probably going to be ridden by Rachel Blackmore, so you've got that factor at play, but Deal Kerr shouldn't be 66 to 1. And then you've got Durasso, who, classic Joseph O'Brien, being campaigned over shorter distances, and you will see improvement when up to him trip, was beaten by Hewick, who ran really well for a long way in the Gold yeah. Cup, in, in, the, yeah. in the National, in, well, I think it was the, the Kerry National last year, wasn't it? Uh, now, admittedly, Hewick was hampered by a loose horse that day, but there wasn't much in the distance at the line, and Durasso up in trip, would be an interesting angle for me. And currently get 66 to 1, which isn't a bad price. And if I was getting that on the day eight places, it would definitely be a play I'd be having. Mm. I'm, surprised you, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Dunboyne, Josh. Yeah, I, I don't really know where Dunboyne's going to go. Dunboyne could go to the Irish National, yeah. or he could go here. So it's, it's an interesting one. I, I'd probably have, have a few cents on Dunboyne where, wherever he goes. But... Um, yeah. I think the the distance will certainly see. Fair enough. I after what happened to me at Cheltenham, I'm having a big breather uh, away from anti-post betting. So I'm going to wait to the day. There's going to be plenty of market movement. I mean, what price was Cloth Cap? That was a really short favourite, wasn't it? Oh, oh touch nine, touch nine to two. Yeah, at some, I was going to yeah, say, and exactly. So some of these really short price favourites. I mean. Some of the prices are ridiculous. So there's, there's going to be plenty of movement. I'll probably wait to the day. Uh, so yeah, but I think quality will will shine through, and I agree. I think the top six in the market are, are could be dominant, but you never know. You never know. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, grand, it's a grand national. You know, you're going to have fallers. You're going to have hard luck stories. It's a forty horse race, and yeah. you know the, the jumps. While they're not once they once were, it's still a course that some horses take to more than others. Exactly. I mean, so many of these, for one reason or another, are not going to finish. So there's, there's, there's so much uncertainty. 
I mean, if you, if you can find a market for the first five homes to be Irish trained, I'd be interested. <laughs> OK, let's head on. Let's, right. That's that's our racing previews uh, done. We could now head on to something a little bit different. It's uh, it's golf. Big betting, big betting plays here with the Masters at Augusta National this week. Uh, this week, so we'll get into that. Uh, Augusta. What uh, I think a lot of people will be looking at Rory McIlroy naturally because he's been this is the night here in a row. He's trying to seek the career Grand Slam. Of course, obviously came was leading, it was in 2011 when he was leading, and uh, had a terrible final day, and it's always been a bit of a curse with Rory, so obviously a lot of people will be talking about him, but uh, what, are you, what are you looking at here as your betting angles? Well, my one of my fondest Augusta memories was watching Sergio Garcia beat Justin Rose in a playoff, but yeah, I have to great. say, that was great. you know, it was a great tournament, but I'm interested in Justin Rose here. Mm. He won at Pebble Beach earlier in the year. And he does love Augusta. And I think his focus has ever since been on this tournament. And I know that he personally would love it if he could get in front here. I still think he's got more big tournaments in him, even though, you know, he's getting on a bit. He can, he can still win a major tournament if, if the cards fall right. And I think... His price reflects that, that he's getting on a bit, but you can still you can still get 50 to 1, and I just think it's a good it's a good play to play Justin Rose here. Um it's had a really nice win earlier in the season at Pebble Beach. Yeah, yeah, like I said, like I think ever since that win, he's been gone right. I've I've got a nice win now. Now let's let's build everything around Augusta because he knows he goes well there. Yeah. And I've even backed him to be first round leader which I think is a good, really good play because he does often get off to a great start here. Fair enough. Uh, I, I, the, the, the banker of the week, in my opinion, is Rory to come to the top five. I don't think he's going to... Whether he wins or not, I don't know, but he'll, I think he'll definitely come to the top five. His game is suiting the course more now than it did in terms of his approach play. Uh I would I, love it. I would absolutely love it if Rory won this week. Nothing would make me happier. But you just you just know it's just going to be one of those. There's always that worry because how many how many times he had a late final day charge and left mm. it and just left it too late. Uh, so yeah, Rory Rory top five will be a definite selection of mine. And then I'll be looking at a couple of each way. Some places offering as many as twelve places. I'd be looking at potentially Cam Smith. Although I'm just not sure about how the live live got live players are going to go, so it's, I mean naturally they're a bigger price than they probably ought to be. Now I'll be honest, if if I'm not backing Cam Smith, then I don't think anyone should be because Cam Smith yeah. has been my, my go-to man at Augusta over the years, and it, you know it's paid its way. But yeah, I, but I just think there's just so much uncertainty with the live players. I just don't yeah. know how much you can read into anything they've done. I mean you, Brooks you, won, didn't he? If you look at the form, well, this is the thing you can't compare. The form is incomparable between PJ and Liv. I, I think if you if you really got to, you know dig deep down and ask the players who are in Liv Golf what their thoughts on the tournament on the that's what their championship is are. 
I I think you'll see some coming back trying to get back to the PGA Tour. I don't think I don't think it's it's kicked off how they imagined it to. Last year there was some interest. It was new, exciting. I mean, it's not even I I've I've not even seen it televised in the UK. Um, I don't. It was on, it, it, it was it, on it, YouTube. At one it point. was all on. It was all on YouTube, wasn't it? Yeah. But they they have got a deal with someone this year. I can't remember who it is, but I'll be honest, I've I've not watched any of it. So. No, neither have I. I just I just saw. Was it Brooks Brooks Kepka won or Orlando? Yeah, won? yeah, he won the last one. And I, and and like before that, I saw him at like some was it hockey or basketball game, just getting angry with a traffic cone or something. <laughs> I'm just like, if that's if that's what the live golfers are doing and then winning, then. Mm. I don't know. Look, maybe I'm just reading too much. It's just one clip I saw on Twitter. Uh, but I just I, Cam Smith is a very, very good player, though. Uh, but I mean, there's just too, there's so much uncertainty. I mean, I'm looking at this now. Actually, the price is not that in, um, exciting. Uh, Will Zalatoris, that's one I'll definitely be looking at. Always does well. Um, uh, Corey Connors, another one who mm-hmm. is his. Well, he won last week, didn't he? So. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but as, as, in, as in, as in, he's a player that I've always, um, I've always liked. Uh, but obviously, in the last week, people are going to be talking about him. I mean, thirty-five to one with twelve places is still very, very good. I'm particularly strong on Jason Day this year. I think he's he's come. He was he's been in the wilderness for a while. I think he'll be the first to admit that he was. For a good few years, he was massively underachieving, but he's shown some real glimpses of form this year, and a couple of the trends are angling his way. Previous winner trends are angling his way, so if you can get a few, quite a few places, I mean, best price I've got twenty twenty eight to one, seven places here. Um, Paddy have got him at twenty five for ten places, so. He's been well found in the market, though, hasn't he? Well, twenty-five to one, I think, is great value. Personally, okay. so we'll I mean, if, if, you, if you're looking for value, then I have had a play on one at a huge price. Any guesses? VJ. No. <laughs> Where were any guesses? Well, I I have a go. Is it Min Woo Lee? Well, I ha- I have bet Min Woo Lee, but that, <laughs> that wasn't who I was going to say. It's Cameron Champ. Oh right, um, Cameron Champ. Who? Oh, you do mean you, mean you do mean a huge price? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've 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 taken advantage of the extra places and gotten 150 to one. But if you wanted to go eight places, 300 to one, like big big price. Um, Cameron Champ has a fantastic Augusta record. There is no denying that he was tied 19th on his debut mm-hmm. in 2020. It was tied 26th. Um, in 2021, and he was tied 10th last year. That is the only reason he has got an invite back to the Masters this year. He finished in the top 10 last year, so you automatically get invited back. He would not have qualified otherwise. Now, Cameron Champ has been in utterly dreadful form. But that was the case before last year as well. So I just think at that big price, worth a play, maybe even worth a a top 20 bet. Um, Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's an angle into it. I, I, I think you know he could be cut. He could be cut at plus ten, but 
at 150 to 1, I'm willing to take the chance. You'll get 11 what? to 2, top 20. Mm, yeah, no. I'll, yeah, I don't like that. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. I, I prefer to back 150 to 1, 12 places, to be honest. So would I. Jack? Um, no, I'm just, I'll, I'll be rooting for Rory to win. No, no price to back him to win, but I'll be rooting for him to win. That'll be, and I think that'll be his, you know, he 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 have done it. He have won all four majors. Um, I've gone I've gone for some match a uh, match play hacker. Um, some two hole winner match play hacker. So um, <laughs> too um too long to go through, but um, yeah, it'll be nice to watch. I don't I don't usually get involved in golf betting till the till the final day, and I will usually back someone who's third or fourth to a spring surprise and come back. Yeah, what what I would say is it's quite easy with the Masters with bookmakers offering twelve places to get a little bit carried away and yes. uh, and have a few too many bets. So I would just say, you know, if you want to have a bet, great, it does add a bit of enjoyment, but maybe pick pick three or four golfers and, and leave it at that. Especially if you're not kind of mm. if you if you don't normally bet on golf, it's best to just kind of have have a little dip into the water, but don't dive straight in and get back in 12 players or something. Yeah, I mean, the only two bets I'm having at this moment, I'll probably have, I'll probably find a, another one, is Will Zalatoris, 12 places, and Rory McIlroy, top five. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I mean, they're solid bets. I mean, Zalatoris has got a great record at Augusta as well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, fantastic, fantastic bets. Corey Connor's another one with a great record at Augusta as well. I yeah. think he was... Yeah. He's got a sixth and an eighth place finish, so you know he's I got it in I've him. Had, he's got it in him. I've had, I've had him, I've had him each way twice. I think he's got me a place twice, or, or he got me a place one time and missed out by one the other time. It was something like that. So he's got a decent record, and obviously winning last week. Yeah, but just, just enjoy it. You know, it. it everyone loves Augusta. It, oh, it's, it's, it's one of the it's most magical, magical weeks yeah. of the year. I'm, I'm just going to sit back, relax, and you know, if, if the players I bet. Do well, fantastic. If not, I'll be rooting for Rory. See what happens. Yeah. Nice. Well, there we go. That that, that is that's our episode for all life of the Royal this week. We've talked about Danny Nats. We've talked about the Irish Grand National. We talked about Aintree, and we talked about Augusta. We hope you've enjoyed it. All we've got to say is, uh, Jack, Josh, thank you very much. Thank you.